This is the Band School Podcast, where we talk about business adventure and mission with your host, Buddy Rathmel. All right, I'm here with Clayton Ferguson. Uh, we go back about 20 years when one of our lifelong friends in common, Jeff Rackinator, got married. And all I remember about Clayton is that he had a convertible and that he was heading out to L.A. because he was a rock star. And so, Clayton, tell us uh, in about 60 seconds uh, your journey to this point. Uh, I wouldn't call it a rock star, but I'm, I'm <laughs> right after college in 96. I, I know. Go figure it. That dates me right there. Uh, moved to Nashville, got in the music business, uh, worked, was on a bunch of records, toured the world and had a lot of fun. But then you realize there's no money to be made in, in music business whatsoever. So I uh, got into artist management, which is essentially glorified babysitting. Uh, and that kind of brought me out to Los Angeles. I got a job out there at a record label. And uh, six months after that, the record label, they, they realized the same thing that I had said earlier. There's no money in the music business. So they decided we're cutting out of there. We're going to start making movies. So I ended up at the same company became Walden uh, Media. So we got to do and I got to be part of a marketing team by accident completely. Uh, The Chronicles of Narnia is a a lot of there's some faith undercurrents in every movie that we did. And it was a lot of fun. Um, So working on the Narnia movies was just an amazing opportunity 15 years ago. I had this crazy idea in the middle of it about like, I'd really love to bring Narnia to life. So I I, I had this idea to to make it through a walkthrough exhibition where you're having a story. And uh, you know what, it was, it actually made so much sense that I left Walden to, to come with another company to bring that exhibition to life. And uh, I just found that I loved the storytelling of experience where you're able to capture 360 uh, when you're walking through something and really experience every bit of it. So uh, it was kind of a, an accident along the way. And I figured out uh, what, I, what I loved after uh, doing what I, um, what I wasn't really good at, which was music yeah. and film, but stumbled yeah. into it backwards, but I loved it. Yeah. So um Tell us, you know, this podcast is about business adventure and mission. And there's probably, you know, probably the dream of being a rock star is something that uh, a lot of people have. So just tell us in 30 seconds what that life was like. Uh, and you, I know you went by the moniker Chili Dog at one concert. Uh, <laughs> tell us about that. Well, Nashville's a weird world. Uh, so I had a, my own band and we got signed and we were a step away from fame and fortune. And then, you know, everything falls apart. That's what happens in the music business. Uh, I ended up joining a bunch, a couple of very quite semi-famous in the Christian world. Uh, I ended up joining the band and, and uh, right at the, the peak of their of their fame. But you know, we got to sell a lot of records and tour it. But, you know, the, the weird thing is Katy Perry was opening up for us, you know, on half the tour. And uh, it's just very, the strange thing is it's very empty at the end of the day, unless you really have a deep seated uh, character depth. Uh, and for the most part, you really want to be famous, but then you find yourself uh, not even close to it. And then or somewhat or you're acting like it on stage, but then you walk off stage and you realize that it's just a, a depth in your in your heart because you're what you want. You're not reaching or this, in our case, we are playing a lot to, um, you know, 
churches and you have a faith in it, but you also want to somewhat be famous. And there's a conflict of interest that is really hard to, to go back and forth to. Yeah. So it's, it's a lonely thing when you're kind of really pursuing that. So don't yeah, so really recommend it. Tell us a little bit about your, your faith journey and, and how that went through all of the pursuing fame and fortune and all those kind of things. You know, buddy, it really does a mind trick to you. Um, it, it again, when when you're on stage, it, what it does is it tells you have all people that are telling you you're great, and then you walk off, and it's really just you by yourself. And like I just mentioned, the the, the disparity between the two really caused a lot of questions, and it really. It, you know, in that world, I'll be really honest. There's a lot of people who struggle with that. You know, and where you end up going to it is somewhat bad places and you really need other people's reassurances. You need all of these things that, that really are not really character. It's, it's a, it's pretty vapid. And uh, you know, over the years you look back and you realize I just kind of, you, you kind of lose who you are when you're listening to what other people want or, or, or what you want uh, and even couching it over other things. But it's um it's a challenging thing to look back because you lose it day by day. And it's not a quick thing. I don't know anybody who just goes one day, Oh, I'm just going to go and go do something nuts. Uh, but it's something that you just, it's a long, it's a long trip and it's a long path. Yeah. So what, what is you, I, I don't know how your, your faith and your entrepreneurial journey, how those things have uh, joined, but I see that you've, you've done a lot of things around location-based entertainment you have your own agency now, agency808.com, where you're doing some of these experiential things. So tell us about your journey to your own business and what that has been like for you. Well, it's a, it's, it's an interesting one. So uh, in LA, I, I found a lot of strange success, you know, in this entertainment business, uh, or at least success, what, what other people would say. But the minute when you're in it, you're never, you're never happy. You know, you're always looking for the next thing. And along the way, I, I took a job uh, to as senior vice president at a major, major, major ad agency that was, we'd focus on movies and film. And the, the problem is that you end up with, with marketing agencies like that we did, we would get the, the movies that had challenges. So, you know, we're trying to find a way, a new angle for people to go want to see this, uh, this movie. But a lot of time it's horror movies. It's it's stuff that's really not good stuff. And without even realizing it, I, I you realize I'm a used car salesman. I don't even believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. And, yeah. you know, you're at a pinnacle where people think it's cool and that you have this high paying thing. And it's just, it's, it's empty. It's the most vapid moment. And um, at that point, I just, I heard, I heard God just say, what are you doing? And had a major change when I was 40 years old, six years ago. And overnight, I just quit it, quit my job. I heard the Lord say, hey, uh, it's time to change things up. It's time to start from scratch. Uh, let's go back to character and pull everything else out of the way. So I had no idea what I was going to do. Quit my job. Everybody thought I was nuts. I just packed my car and drove back to Nashville. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's about like it, it, at the end of the day, it's about storytelling. I believe life is about storytelling. It's like, how do we how do we understand what other people's stories are and, and our own stories? But sometimes you have to like really start over in them to really yeah. discover it. So I, I moved back to Nashville 
knowing what I wanted to do, which is really kind of where I've kind of ended up uh, with the company over the last six years. But it just really, it's, it's about starting over. And uh, six yeah. years later, it's starting to really kick into gear. So it's a, it's a process of just, I had no idea what that next step was gonna be. And, uh, you know, come hell or high water, it's gonna, gotta, gotta take that leap. Yeah, cool. Yeah, our friend Rack that we have in common, when I asked him about you, he said, Clayton is innovative, hardworking, and filled with integrity. So cool, cool uh, uh, shout out from Jeff there. And all things that are great if you're going to be building your own company. Do you have any kind of principles that guide you? Yeah, I think I try to live up to those now, buddy. Um, again, kind of even saying backwards when you when I realized I didn't have integrity, you know, at, at certain times, and I didn't believe my words. Uh, I think that what I found is that you only have your word and your character. And if yeah. if I'm trying to sell something that isn't real, or if I don't believe in, what's the point? People aren't going to believe anything. I'm just a salesman. So I think it's about transparency and honesty on top of those. So I believe in business. It, it's in, in our world, people hide things a lot, but it's like even the, the younger generations, there's, there's much more of an, of a belief in transparency. It's like, Hey, I'll just show you exactly how this works. I'm not going to try to play a game with you. And I've, I've just kind of built my business on being true to my word and being honest with people. And even if it means me losing a project or it going away, I believe it's more important than than trying to spin something in any sort of way to try to get what you want. Yeah, cool. Do you have any quote or song lyrics that kind of inspire you on a regular basis? You know, I'm a big history fan. I I I, I mean, I'd say Winston Churchill. There's a million of them. I, I'd say C.S. Yeah. Lewis, but I, I have to go back to just the adversity that, that Churchill went through. It, it, he has this great one that, that I remind myself daily. Success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. <laughs> I love so, it. you know, how often do we really get those successes? And it's more about the adversity than it is about the success. And I think that's life. Yeah, that's cool. Last time I was in London, I actually wanted to go visit the, um, the, what war whatever churchill museum right there have you been and in? It, no it was closed the, the last day i was there so have you been in there yeah it's unbelievable uh, as a hist if you're a history buff or like them it's just yeah you imagine what you know you're trying to run a country to try to getting them from quitting when you're the yeah. only one left standing and there's bombs falling and you're still out walking around and telling people that they can do it yeah and i can't imagine the fortitude that it took to do that every single day. Just the enthusiasm to get your own team, not much less the entire country. So yeah, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. You should go there. Yeah, I love I love the story of just, you know, there's basically one man that was standing up for the West in a sense, you know, that mm -hmm. way ahead of anyone else. You know, it's really fascinating. Um, in the last few months, I read, I was reading a biography or something about Churchill. Oh, it was in a, it was in a book by Richard Koch, the 80-20 guy. And he talked about how when Churchill was 16, he said to one of his friends, I feel like someday I'm going to save London in a time of war. Wow. 16 years old, he had that thought in his life. And I, I always think about these destiny markers or these um, 
phrases or thoughts or whatever, like what, what, you know, in, in my perspective, I think God put that in his mind at some point so that he was kind of on that trajectory. But like, who has that thought when they're 16, like someday I'm going to save this city, you know? Well, you want to know something even crazier. So again, he was like the Lord of the Navy uh, in yeah. World War One, And so the, he, he single-handedly almost destroyed Britain's, uh, you know, he had a major thing where there was a major failure where he was at a young age in charge of it. And he had a massive failure. He's basically kicked out at the height of where he thought that he was, you know, maybe even fulfilling his destiny. 20 years later, it wasn't until he actually had that chance. So from the point yeah. of such a, a massive failure to where you get back that chance, that's 20 years of time. And so, you yeah. know, from the time I saw you last until this, it's like, that's, that's forever. But you know, it, it's funny. Sometimes you get a couple of chances to do it. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I think, I think most of the time you, you do need a couple of chances. Um, mm -hmm. I had, you know, after we did the anti-trafficking work, I um, dumped a quarter million into a couple businesses, actually more, but um, to a business in, in Cambodia, a business here in Thailand, escape rooms. We went huge. We had rooms oh. that moved and water and they were, we were with the largest franchiser in the world and we had some of the best rooms that they had in the whole world. They were just amazing. Elevator, like hand cranked elevators that would take you to different levels and just yeah. super cool experiences. Um, but we built way too big and I ended up losing a quarter million dollars. And I, I jumped into that because I felt like God was like, Hey, I want, I want you to facilitate a, a disciple making movement through business. And so I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm just going to jump into business. And a few months in, I'm like, God, I'm just trying to make it work. You have to like tack a movement onto the top of this. And I felt like God was like, no, that's not how this works. And so I kind of stepped back from movement for a couple of years and I just was like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, I'm doing some consulting and training and, and running a school, my first BAM school to help people with their businesses. Um, but, but this last year I was like, okay, I want to come back to that movement piece that I felt like God mm -hmm. kind of put on my heart and I'm reading a book on movements and it's like two in the morning. I'm here. I have a lazy boy right over there on the other side of my office and I'm, I'm reading in the middle of the night and the author says a lot of times when people have this feeling of this call or direction from the Lord, they run ahead of him and they fall flat on their face and they're humiliated and humbled to the place where then God can actually use them to the thing that he had showed them that he had called them for. And I'm just sitting in my chair weeping going, God, yeah. could you have taught me that for less than a quarter million dollars? You know, <laughs> isn't there an easy way to earn that or learn it? I I, I can second that. I think failure and just uh, the, I think the uh, a humbling is one of the, the most important things to have uh, with business. I mean, the minute, yeah. the minute that you have arrogance, you're, you're looking through something with this, with, through a different lens, you know, and yeah. for, for a period of years, like, if, like almost, I had this, like this arrogance over me where it's like, I could almost do no wrong. Yeah. But suddenly, you know, we all know that humbling moment and the moment when that changes, it, it felt like for years I could do no right. Um, so it's like the, the yeah. humility is something that it takes a long time to get back to. But when you're grounded in that, you make so much of a better decisions than when it's based upon just, you know, the arrogance of it. I made so many yeah. mistakes, even the first couple of years of my business, uh, six years ago, just because I'm like... 
I love to go big. Anything that I try to do that I end up doing, it's, it's about going big. And it's, it's always what God has been saying to me is like, look, go back small. It's about the one person. It's about one person. It's not about thousands of people. It's not about this. Let's go back. Let's get small. But we had some success pretty quick in our business. And, you know, my first thing I'm going to do is I'll like, let's staff up. So we started staffing up and the work didn't come because we had one client, you know, that was the basis of it. And so when that one business, when that one client, suddenly slows down a little bit, you know, then, then you're having to let people go. And that's, that's one of the hardest things to do I've, oh, yeah. I've ever found. Yeah. Yeah. Walk before you I've run. had to, I've had to fire. Yeah. I've had to fire a couple of people, you know, over the years, which isn't fun. But then when I had to let 15 people go, when my businesses went under and, it, and you're the main one and it's your fault. Um, yeah. That's, that's a tough situation. For me, one of the cool things was I've helped five of my former employees launch their own business. So there's like yeah. a little bit of like the, um, in fact, I just was at one of one of the restaurants that one of them started about four or five nights ago. Um, so, but wow. letting the people go is, yeah, that is a tough piece. What advice would you give to your 25 year old self, Clayton, about um, business in particular? You know, I think it part of it is just keep going. You know, I think success is just is staying at it. Every failure, getting back up and doing it yeah. again, getting back on the horse. Yeah. But you know, I think really, I wish I would have started off uh, on my on my own with my own business much much earlier. Yeah. I think that there's that there's a fear that is so pervasive uh, that that we have to go and work for somebody else. And I always knew that I was an entrepreneur, but it's like you almost until you that 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 cliff jumping off of a cliff is really really scary it's like i would have jumped off a lot earlier and it's so much more fulfilling uh so like i've loved every bit of it it's terrifying but you know it's like trying something and failing it's one of the best things if you can learn it from it and just don't make the same mistake twice So I think that's my thing is like, I've learned to never make the same mistake twice. I just would have taken a chance earlier rather than uh, working for corporations. Yeah. Agreed. I even, I look back now, we, I tried a couple businesses right after college. I was selling roses door to door. I was selling meat. I was, um, do I, I was working for a carpet cleaner and then I was like, Hey, I should do my own upholstery cleaning business. And then I ended up Mm -hmm. in corporate America working for a fortune 250. But now I look back and the best thing I did in that time was I bought an apartment building. Um, you know, that was just a great investment. And I was like, man, instead of working in corporate America, which was a fun experience, I learned stuff, but I would have learned so much more and been so much further ahead if I had Mm -hmm. just spent those years doing real estate investing, which, you know, I think was a lot, was a great time. There's always good time for real estate, but it was a great time back then to be in that. But yeah, I love that idea of doing your own thing, especially if you know that's in you, right? Like some yes. people, some people are just nine to five and they don't want to think about work at five o'clock and then maybe starting your own thing isn't, isn't the best idea. But if you know it's in you to be an entrepreneur, yeah, you by know, all I means. Think- but so much of us, are, it's, it's. I think it's a taught language. I think it's yeah. a it's a skill to try things that I think yeah. is woke that we need to be installing into people that yes they can yes you're going to fail yeah. but you can do it. Yeah. Um, I think that 
every so many people that that have that ment- that have the mentality of working for that it's just because that's what they've been taught and yeah i believe we should be teaching people to like i think it's a it's a massive faith component to yeah. try things uh rather than doing what you're supposed to do sometimes so yeah. going out on faith um you you really find you know where's the rent going to be at next month how am i going to pay for this and so it's terrifying but there you you do learn really quickly like there's a there's a, a foundation of that somehow it always happens if you keep working at it you know and so yeah. I, I think it's a, it's a skill that i think everybody should try to start their own business at yeah. some point in their life and hopefully the the younger part of it so you 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 get those mistakes past you yeah and that's that's part of what I'm trying to do at BAM school is help people help guide them so that they can learn a little bit and have some like, you know, boundaries as they go. Um, and one of the one of the unique things, I think, because of my failure, I was looking and researching, you know, the stats on business startup somewhere between 70 and 90 percent of businesses, you know, fail in the first five yeah. years. Um, but a really interesting stat I came across that kind of changed my thinking was businesses that are earning a million a year and up they have a 98 percent loan payback rate so it's it doesn't mean they necessarily all keep going but they all go enough to pay back the loans to buy them at a million and up in in revenue and i so actually what i'm looking to do now is buy a business that's already got some management in place already running already profitable and then grow it from there and, and and skip that really hard you know the the first part that's like so yeah. can be like just so draining and killing it's super yeah. exciting you have less of this um but you also have a little bit more confidence in, in it going forward you know what's interesting on that because you're right so like my my business uh we've been average we we started about a million the first year and we mm-hmm. we were on track for about 15 last year Ugh. before everything ha- happened and we still got to two and a half million yeah. um through the grace of, of everything yeah. but yeah. um the interesting thing is that on, on a course of a business yes you're right the first couple of years are just rough yeah. But if you can get to five or six years, that's where the curve really takes off. So there's something yeah. about it. If you look at the history of businesses, especially small businesses, entrepreneurs, once you get to the years about five to eight is when you see the craziest jump because yeah. you have that, that, that you, you've, you've done the homework, you've gotten through this stuff through a lot of the ups and the downs, but that's really where historically you see a lot of the the massive growth. But then it starts to stagnate usually at around eight years. So like yeah. sometimes you have to find those things that are going to kick it uh, into into gear so you don't rest on your laurels even once you're up up at a certain level. All right. So I'm coming to Nashville in two and a half years and I'll uh, I'll slap you to make sure you, you uh, stay on that trajectory. <laughs> well, I'm about four and a half. Actually, yeah, about five years now. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. Maybe if COVID uh ends up here yeah. well maybe we'll see how that goes but we're we're feeling we're feeling cautiously optimistic is what i what i like to say or prayerfully cool. and cautiously optimistic yeah so what can the average uh business owner how can they take advantage of the idea that we live in an experience driven society that's a great question um my thought is this it's like we we walk outside of your apartment your flat your house and you are bombarded with 
hundreds of thousands of messages that are competing for your attention. No matter what you what you do, you're always being, do I look at this or like, what about this? And at the end of the day, people are not going to remember the words that you're saying, but they will remember how, what you made them feel. Yeah. So to me, it's like, how can a business stand apart or what are you doing that are going to evoke an emotion? So my, my belief on it is that like, how do you, whatever you got to do, dig in to pull out the heart of what that story is. Again, I'm a big proponent of story, knowing your own story, knowing the story of, of the people that you're trying to communicate to, but share the heart, share the vulnerability of it. So they at least understand and feel something because people remember that. It's like, when I say it's an experience economy, I mean, millennials are, you know, and, and even up to our, us, us old people, you know, it, it's, <laughs> People will pay lots of money to go to concerts. They'll go and, and go to museums. They'll go to, you know, the films, but they want to feel something. And I think that's really a standout point, whether or not you're starting a business or how do you cut through that clutter is just trying to find that story that makes it unique um, to who, who you are and what you're supposed to do. So that's, yeah. that's my take. I try to do it in, in a world where, you walking into a physical experience where you're walking into it and you're able to really control it. But I think it's, it's more challenging how to, how to craft your messaging that is different from everybody else's just even advertising or one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. So what dreams are you still chasing after? Man, dreams change. I'm, I'm 46 and I have a one and a three-year-old. <laughs> I've, nobody, I've had a bit of a, I've, I've had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Most of my career, it's like, yeah. I'm going to show them. And there's something that happens. Like, again, there's a change when I hit about 40, you know, and it's like, well, what is all of this stuff? What does it mean? What good is it? Um, and I think that it ended up just rewinding back to the spot of, um, you know, starting to have kids and getting married and like you, all, everything changes when you realize it's not about me anymore. It's not about trying to be good or great. It's like, you want to live and do something where you're affecting people. Again, I got into entertainment to try to go out and basically speak it to the masses, but really my belief in now it's just one-on-one -on -one. It's, it's how do you affect the people next to you? How do you affect the people that have been put into your life? Are you diving into them? So like my dreams now, you know, it's very family focused and it's, it's, I, I like to think I'm a humble person. My wife probably would tell me different. Um, and Jeff Rackinator too, sometimes maybe, but, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, I think that, um, it's just more about the one-on-one -on -one relationships and how do I, how can I affect people? So my dreams are more small than they were anything else. It used to be big. Now it's like, now it's very much small and stay in my lane, but do it yeah. with humility. And, um, you know, we've been, I've been blessed so far. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Jeff is great. And, um, he's one of my friends that always like brings me back down to earth. If I ever get, you know, a little too up about five years ago, I was visiting him in Indianapolis and, um, you know, I had, I had business issues that hadn't gone well. I had burned out on the anti-trafficking work and we had younger people doing the investigations and that kind of stuff. And I was just at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready just to come back to the States and kind of hang it up with the things that we're doing in Thailand. And he, mm -hmm. he just said to me, 
buck up buttercup you think it's easy here in america you think i don't want to be like somewhere else not pastoring a church of 800 people at some point and um it was just a funny yeah. you know funny kind of um you know get back in the game kind of talk and um yeah don't be don't be so full of yourself um so how can people connect with you if they want to learn about location-based entertainment for their um you know for their own business or something that they're doing or they just want to uh find out and follow what you're doing in general uh yeah uh check us out on it's agency808.com uh my email is clayton at agency808.com uh again i it's a it's a different business. I'd love to kind of share with you a little bit more in depth yeah. sometime. But I, I mean, you've been in it with uh, doing the the escape rooms. I wish I would have been able to 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 work with you back then. So I, I might 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 have been able to help. But yeah, it's a fun business. But it's about dreaming. You got to dream stuff up, and but then you have to go backwards and figure out the the business uh, model. But you got to be extremely cautious uh, along the way. So optimism yeah. is not a good thing to have in that world. Tell, tell, just give us uh, an example real quick before we sign off. What are, what are one or two things that you've done and how has that helped the business? Uh, I just launched a, a $3 million Crayola exhibition uh, two weeks ago in the middle of COVID. Probably the most insane thing I've ever done. I spent three years working on this project and one of the owners of it, but it's a it's an exhibition. Uh, it's a museum exhibition for families using the, the the brand Crayola. So I licensed the brand, and it's really about the the study of the idea, the creative problem solving process. So it's helping kids six to fourteen, you know, a couple up and down, and their parents really understanding the steps of uh, of understanding creativity. So you walk out of the exhibition understanding what your creativity and what you can do to add to the world. So it's a, it's a ticketed experience that lives in museums for seven months at a time before it travels around the world for 10 years. So uh, I've been lucky enough to design enough uh, museum experiences over the years with Harry Potter and Narnia and a number of other fun ones. But I just to me, it's about trying to connect with families and kids these days. It's a lot more a lot more uh, rewarding. That's really cool. So I think right now, as we're recording this, that's live in Philadelphia. Is that where you started it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you're gonna if you're in Philly or you're gonna be in Philly in the next six months, um, don't just go to the steps and get your picture doing the Rocky pose. You got to go to the Crayola <laughs> Idea Experience as well, and uh, yeah. and check that out. So thanks so much, Clayton. I think this was really great for our listeners. You dropped a lot of just I think really solid points for people to think about as they're doing their own business. And um, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Reach out if ever I can help. I've made plenty of mistakes. I'd love to, to share some of uh, some wisdom to get past those. But thanks so much, yeah. buddy. Appreciate it. Bam School, facilitating a global self-funding disciple-making movement through business. Thanks for tuning in to the Bam School podcast. Find show notes, free courses, resources, and more at 4BAM.com.